Um, the other thing about Trump, though, um, is that he hasn't delivered right on a lot of this stuff he's promised. You know, there there's been like maybe a sort of mild manufacturing renaissance in a certain certain communities, but like he didn't make America great again. He didn't return, you know, Detroit to a thriving industrial metropolis and and so on. And his his popularity rating in a lot of those key states is really in the tank. Um, do you do you is there? I guess you haven't been out there, you know, in the last like six months or whatever. But do you suppose there's any sort of disillusionment among some of these core constituencies that pushed him over the line? He like he said he was gonna do, he was gonna turn things over, but really, it's it's not that much different. It's good. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I I have been I've been out there, but it's been primarily in core Democratic base, basically Latino neighborhoods and Black neighborhoods. But um, I think people aren't really paying that much attention. Again, I I, I keep trying to over. I can't overemphasize enough. People don't pay. I mean, people don't. Pay, most voters don't really pay that much attention beyond life is busy. You know. I mean, I sat yep. in the. You know, I sat in a McDonald's that was for all of January. That was. A thousand yards away from the border fence in El Paso, the entire the entire McDonald. I, I was there just every day for for a month, reading, writing, and reading. And um, the entire McDonald's was people who commuted across the border into Juarez or or you know had family there or whatever. And nobody talked about not one person talked about the immigration stuff that was going on in the news, not nobody <laughs> for a whole month. <laughs> you know, they talked about like traffic and they talked about potholes and they talked about their, their, their niece's wedding or whatever. But, you know, it's just politics isn't big with a lot of people until it come, at least the people I, I focus on. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, Trump, I mean, Trump is very vulnerable this time. It should be, it should be easy to, I mean, people, people, people know his gimmick, his scam, uh, it should be easy for the Democrats, but if you know, again, if they just, you know, I, I, I'm not so sure they they won't screw it up because, um, you know, the Democratic Party isn't itself is so divided that I think it's hard to imagine any candidate within the Democratic Party getting the entire, you know, all Democrats to come out in unison and vote. Um, whereas, you know, again, it's it's you got three options. You vote for Trump, you vote for the Democrat, or you don't vote. And the don't vote one is the big question that I don't think anybody who r- runs polls has any clue about. And it decides elections. Um, I can't – I would imagine Trump voters can't be as inspired as they were last time. It's hard to be as excited as they was last time. Um, so I think that the advantage is with the Democrats this time. But we'll see who they nominate and if that person inspires people or not. So here's a quick yeah. – so here's a question. Um, so we're talk- like, I think this is all right. Like, we need someone who's going. If if Trump's going to get knocked out, it's going to have to be by someone who like excites broad swaths of the population, like throughout the front and the back row. That like a serious change to the system is possible. Um, but the question I was going to have is like, I mean, like. What should the change look like? Like, can we sketch out, like, what needs to happen? And I think, like, the prompt that I want to use for this is, uh, Chris, you were on Twitter the other day, and I think Matt Stoller tweeted something 
about your book where he basically said and you endorsed the tweet and what Stoller's lens was was that you know the front row thinks the way to help the back row is to help the back row become like the front row right like there is this there is this dream amongst kind of like the college educated walk set that were that like you know Literally everybody is going to go to college and have an amazing career and like leave the place they were born in and move to the cities and it will be like, you know, the kind of glorious urban cosmopolitan utopia. And Stoller's point, which I think you, you, you endorsed was just like, no, like the people in the back row don't want that. They want, they want to like, stay in the places they grew up in. They want to like have families there. They want to go to church there and have their jobs there and they want it to work. They want that to be a functioning, vibrant, uh, livable way to have a life path again. And so I guess the, the, the question I, I guess the question is like, what 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 do we think needs to happen or can we sketch what we think needs to happen for that to be a viable life path again i mean i think that's his takeaway that was the intended takeaway of my book which is that basically you know the way we we can't demand everybody be like us for for we only have one pathway to success one approved pathway to success and it's to be like you know us and I think that's dangerous. How do you stop that? I don't know. I mean, in terms of policy, um, you know, it requires, again, a rethinking of the way, I mean, businesses have, you know, businesses are not in these, businesses are um, winner take all because they've, you know, we've we've created the economy for that to work where you you can run a company from New York City and make all the profits, or from you know wherever your your billionaire is, decides to put corporate headquarters, um, and not really worry about where your f- production is done or where you know, you know your your other your assets are, and how does it change to be you know where the factories are back factories aren't going to come back to these towns we've 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 just <laughs> i think we have a country of i mean that 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 decision has been made and is gone um so i would like to see a broader you know i don't think all these things need to be centered in new york city need to be centered in dc they can be in other places i don't know how you legislate that though um i think you need to I happen to think one of the ways you do that is you need to heavily regulate Wall Street. You need to heavily heavily regulate the um, the companies. You need to reshift focus back towards giving power to the workers and not to the not to the stockholders. But um, you know, I think that's generally what Sanders and Warren both support. And so, in that sense, I think that's in the right direction. Yeah, there, there's a decent example of this, actually. You know, the, this this was a major, major focus of New Deal stuff um, back in the day. You know, they, they they had all their brain truster people were really worried about the poverty of the South, especially, and how they were, the South was so much further behind um, in terms of, you know, GDP, in terms of education, um, just in, in every and in infrastructure and so on. And, and 
you know, so so they really concentrated a lot of their effort into narrowing those gaps to to to, to be like, you know, we're, we're we're throwing down lots of hospitals and and roads and bridges and and dams and stuff, you know, Tennessee Valley Authority um, to 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 try to to try to bring bring those laggard states up to scratch, you know, so that they have, you know, number one, like decent um institutions and and um you know number two then have the tax base to to spend on decent services for their population that was that was one thing i was there there was a big new deal report on how the 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 southern education was poor i mean it was bad because of segregation and so on but it's also bad because the uh, states were so poor they were spending a similar fraction of their economy on education but their economic base was so much smaller that it just wasn't giving them, they just didn't have enough money. And, um, you know, so antitrust policy to break up the business, to try to force productive activity out into the hinterlands, you know, running your trade regime so that, you know, you, you keep, you know, industrial activity within the borders of the country. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's not impossible, you know, that, you know, automation has gotten rid of a lot of manufacturing jobs, but, not all of them, you know, there's still millions and millions and millions of people doing manufacturing of electronics in, in China and, and, and Vietnam and Korea and so on. Um, that's just, you know, that's just something the United States has, has they, in, in, not even not trying, actively encourage that development. So, right. I mean, where we where we have gotten was not. I mean, it really annoys me when people say where we've gotten is. You see the neoliberals say where it was inevitable. We no, it wasn't inevitable. It was a choice. You know, all the free trade packs packs we put in place were were, were designed so that they knew they knew it would happen. They knew the companies would flee. It, it was just all about the again. It was all about the bosses wanting the cheapest labor and not giving a fuck about uh, what happened because of that. Again. I don't know how you read. You, 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 I'm not a policy person. That's not my big strength. I leave it to others to say, like, here's here's a policy we can't. We, we need to go back to that world. Again, I think I think Warren. When I look at Warren and Sanders, they both generally are in the right direction um, in terms of we need to put more power in labor's hands, less power in the hands of the of the shareholders. Um, you know, it's it's just it's you know I mean. You, People, people should take a look at how Romney made his money. If you want to know what, <laughs> what, you, how bad, how modern cap, how bad modern capitalism is, he he didn't he never produced anything. He simply, you know, on paper took companies over, then then shred them of, um, uh, you know, basically destroyed destroyed their their what they had built up and destroyed any labor cost and and ripped away and gutted them in terms of um, screwed over the workers and then just took the money out from that. I mean, it's just, that's all they did. It's just, you know, that's that sort of form of capitalism is a brutal efficiency where there's no, no sense of social consequences of the actions is, is the problem we have these days. And I don't know how you get rid of that. I mean, it used to be, there used to be a time when it was also not only, um, the policy didn't was less favorable to it. It was also considered louche to do it. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, you, you know, it's just it, it's it wasn't the it wasn't considered. You know, there there was some obligation in some cases of of families who own businesses who felt an obligation to the community. That doesn't happen anymore.